0: Clip it on. All right, Joshua Jones.
1: All right, let me get this thing hooked. If I can get it on there, there we go. Um, I've talked to Todd about a lot of different things, and there's been a lot of stuff on my heart that I wanted to share, and it's changed. It seems like over every single time that I get ready to do it, Um, but. One of the biggest things to me has been uh, being the bride of Christ and uh, what that emulates within the body and within marriages and what God wants to do through that and how God always does things to shadow another thing. Um, when he showed you know, Christ on the cross, he showed a transformed picture of what it looks like to be a husband, to lay down your life for your bride, to... Um, Just be in a place where it doesn't matter what she does to you. It doesn't matter what she says to you. It doesn't matter how she acts. She's still going to be your bride. And Scripture even says that um, there are a lot of different Scripture that I do have. But it talks about husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and laid his life down for it. And to be in a perspective to think about that we love our wives that much. That we pass by the thought process of, man, it's just it's too hard. It's just a lot to deal with. It's you know how do I how do I love her? She's so different from me. <laughs> me and him are polar opposites in some cases. Um, and then there's things that we're so much alike in. And certain things make it very easy, and certain things don't. But we figured out through counsel with Todd, Tina, Donna, B.K., even Rachel and Cameron. Um, They've poured into us. They've just showed us a different way of looking at things, a different way of walking. Um, Cameron and Rachel have been a blessing to us, Um, just truly a blessing. We've got to really see through the relationship as a family and through the relationship as a couple just what it looks like to be a bride and what it looks like to be a husband and how they act and interact with each other and how they talk about things and how they pull us into their family (laughs) has been a blessing. there's a lot of things that um, we've encountered through their relationship that have just, especially... Am I humming? Okay. Maybe I can just hear myself. Um, but there's been a lot of things that we've seen. Uh, we had them over to our house one week, and uh, they brought the kids with them, which I think is awesome. I mean, if you have kids, bring your kids with you. I know Todd and Tina told us the same thing. They said, if we go somewhere, Brianna's coming. You might as well just face it, because she's coming. She's part of us. So in that... I. That was one of the things that was really cool to us, especially with a child on the way, is that they bring their children and they bring us into it. You know, it wasn't, hey, we're going to go put our kids to bed. It was, hey, you guys want to come pray with us with our kids, which is an honor in itself because when you get brought into someone else's family and you're honored in that aspect to the place where they let you speak into their kids, Stephen and Melanie, the same way, Uh, their kids come to the uh, Wednesday nights for youth. And I don't know how many times Steve has told me, he said, man, it's such a blessing just to have you pouring to my kids. And how much further I've seen them grow, um, the kids, and Todd stole a little bit of my thunder when he started talking about the kids, because I started thinking about it, and I was like, man, it's just such a a blessing to be in a place that's free, that kids can just be who they are, um, that they're able to walk in a freedom, that they're able to, to live that Psalms 150, you know, dancing, and playing of the the stringed instruments and the clanging of the cymbals and just that they get to be a part of worship, um, that we honor that and that we don't hold them back. Um, one of the things I want to I kind of mix some th- things up, um, just to kind of, I guess, shake the religious frame some. Um, we've, me and him have talked about this a lot, and the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and how much it means to share what God is doing. And one of the things with us has been, financially, has been a blessing. Um, when we got married, or when we got, well, when we start, when we got married, when we got married, we said we wanted to have kids kid in five years. That was our goal. Em wanted to have kids before she turned 31. She's pregnant right now. She turns 31 in September. The baby is born in June. We've been married for five years in June. <laughs> the baby's due on the 12th. <laughs> we were married on the 7th. You know, God honors what? you put out there if that's your desire of your heart then he'll do it so one of the things that I told him when we were talking about kids I said I just want to be out of a financial debt I said I want to be at a place where we have our our cars and a house and that's it no credit card debt no extra fees no extra this and that so we uh... when we got pregnant the day we found out we were debt free besides cars and house and through a certain amount of time and certain amount of things that happened We got back into debt a little bit um, just through life, you know, cars, things like that, breaking and you have to fix them and whatever. And um, we were sitting there, was it, two days, three, well, it's been a week or so ago, about a week or so ago, huh, a week today. I think, yeah, because we came home from church on Sunday and I got the mail out of the mailbox. Was it Saturday? Uh, It was one of those days. It was Sunday last week. (laughs) We're getting into logistics here. But we were sitting there, and, and Em had had this dream probably, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago. And she said, you know, I just feel like the Lord's just going to bless us. I uh, had this dream that somebody's going to give us a mail in the mail a check for $2,000. And I said, okay, Lord, bring it on, you know. I'm game, man. Where's it at, you know? And uh, we're sitting there, and just going through the mail, and flipping through the mail. And I looked down, and I'm like, man, this doesn't have, it doesn't have a return address. It didn't have who it was from, nothing. It just had her name on it. And it was like they were trying to disguise their handwriting. And um, so I opened it up, and it's just a blank piece of paper, and it just has written in there, heard you're having a baby, congrats, and there's a check in the mail for $2,000. So that $2,000 got us out of debt, completely out of debt. Um, now we actually have money in the checking account, and we're not living off a line of credit. <laughs> With kids, that can happen. So for two months, M's not going to be working, and that's our nest egg to be able to get us through that season. Um, so in that, you know, God has has honored us in everything that we've done, everything that we've put forth, all of the schooling that He's put into us, all the the learning that we've done over this past couple of well, probably nine months or so, um, which was cool because even God worked out school with M. We got pregnant right, you know, around school starting and she ended up being long enough past that we're going to be able to graduate on Monday. So, it'll be our first year, and we'll go back for our second year, hopefully. Um, But we've went through the starting processes of learning who we are in Christ. And um, that's been a a huge blessing, and it's really, you know, showed us a lot of what God wants to do in us. Um, And this being a big step, M wanted to pray over the service, um, and she had like a guess a prophetic act that she wanted to do, so if you've got a mic.
2: Hello. Um, I was praying this morning all right. about all of this, uh, and I was, I don't know if y'all have ever done this, if you're going to pray in front of a large group of people, you're praying about what you're going to pray about. <laughs> so that's what I was doing, I was like, Lord, <coughs> that's just not working. He said, well, what I want you to do is share about um, the story of Peter and how um, you know, he tested God, and he said, "If that's you, tell me to come." And so today, I feel like there's a lot of people that um, are still in the boat. Um, and with us doing this, we were still in the boat. So this is us stepping out of the boat with you guys. It's not just y'all saying, "You know, we're out of the boat and we're doing our thing." No, it's it's about all of us. So I just want you, you guys to. Um, Repeat after me. If you're a son, say, I'm a son. If you're a daughter, say, I'm a daughter. Just say, Jesus, I am your son or your daughter, and I'm stepping out of the boat today. And whatever that means in your life, you ask the Lord. if it's. You know, sometimes I think we use the excuse of, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Well, yeah, you can wait on the Lord, but sometimes we use that as a a wall. Um, So whatever that means to you, just know that you're stepping out and He's with you and that He loves you and He has more for you. So, thank you.
1: So, I know that was a big step for Em. Um, I've seen her take a lot of big steps, especially with school and stuff. Um, It's funny because in a crowd she is very shy, but that's something that God's worked out. But in a small group and on a treasure hunt out in the middle of 50,000 people that you don't know, she's like, let's do it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's completely different. Um, it's it's something that I'm being stretched in because it's something I'm definitely not comfortable in. But it's something that we've definitely grown in um, and that we walk out in on a day-to-day basis. So um, when I teach, I use a lot of uh, video type stuff or things that you'll remember, uh, at least it helps with me. Um, me and Stephen have talked about it, and it seems like they remember video clips, but they don't remember what we said. so <laughs> I figure a video clip would be good um so if you want to, you can go ahead and play that video um It's basically a song that has just it's really wrecked me over the last couple of days. Um, we have just pause it for a second um just kind of give an intro to it, but it's about the bride of Christ and what it looks like and it's about what Christ did for us and what he has stepped into to just love on us. Um, it has been a true transformation for me. A lot of the things that they talk about through this song and a lot of the visuals in it are just amazing. Um, but I'll give you some more background after you've seen it because then it'll kind of help. But if you want to go ahead, you can play it. I will watch that ever. <laughs> <I'm> taking it. <laughs> uh, I think I took about 10. Uh, so I've been listening to this song probably for three days, and uh every day it ends the same way. It just shows you uh, God's shadowing of us. So I've looked up the scriptures that go along with this uh, song and talking about the bride and what it looks like and trying to look at uh, how the wedding is supposed to be it says uh, scripture it says there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God nothing and it continues on throughout and it just it breaks it down there's just nothing it says nor death nor life no angel nor ruler nor thing present nor thing to come nor power nor height nor depth nor anything in all creation will, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So, Scripture calls us to be imitators of God. So, in our relationships, as men, women, whatever the case may be, we're supposed to do exactly what Christ did. So, if it says, to husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church... If you want the full aspect of that and you want to get a grasp of what your wife is supposed to do when it says submit, it's not talking about you do what I tell you to do. It's talking about out of a love and a reverence for Christ that she will honor you, that she will rejoice in you. And in the Amplified, it breaks it down even more and it says, to regard in her to honor, to prefer prefer him, to esteem him, to... Defer to him, praise him, love him, admire him exceptionally. If you want your wife to do that, then you're going to have to be willing to lay down your life like Christ did. Be at a place where there's nothing that separates you from the love of your wife. Being in a place of complete and total sacrifice, when she does something that you don't like, or he does something that you don't like, and in marriage or in pregnancy, (laughs) Me and Tish can uh, acclaim to this from the stealing of the Cheeto that <laughs> told a small story. But Tish was pregnant, and and Clint had went I think got chips or something like that, and and she wanted one, and he said, "Well, do you want anything?" And she said, "No." Well, she wanted some, and she got some, and there was this, you know, pregnancy moment. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> me and him had a similar one where. I had, she had a cup of water and mine had run out. We were at Cracker Barrel. And I grabbed her cup and I take a sip and she goes, that's mine. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, tell me how you really feel. So uh, needless to say, there's moments that are uncomfortable and you don't understand. I've come to learn that through uh, this pregnancy that there's a lot of things I don't understand. So uh, it's just, it's. It's an amazing thing w- that you get to look at when you, you look at, especially this video. The holy, holy, holy part of messes me up. Because he talks about the... Um, I've got the, the lyrics to it. But it says, but at the end, a bride and a groom on the wedding day by a glassy sea. And that's out of Revelation 4. And it talks about the uh, the throne room. And it talks about that you can see this glass. Just It looks like a glass floor, I guess. And you see the throne, and there's 24 of the elders in, the, in heaven. This is uh, John kind of giving a synopsis of what he thought it looked like. And uh, he sees this glassy uh, sea. You know, it's like crystal. And he's looking at the throne, and all of the elders and all of the four creatures that are in heaven all lay down their crowns, their thrones. They get down on their knees, and they praise the Lord in heaven. And it says that they cry out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And when you get to the place where you start to visualize that, it'll mess you up. <laughs> because I was sitting there and I started watching this and I was like, you know, holy has not been a word that I've been like, man, this is just, you know, my word. But it has shifted in the last couple of weeks. But when I started watching this, I was like, man, this is just, there's so much to that, you know. When you lay down that pride and you get to the place where you're able to, get in the floor, on your knees, snot dripping everywhere, and say, Lord, you're mine, and I'm here for you. And uh, I've talked about, you know, being an imitator of God, and it says, walking in love. This is Ephesians 5. It says, "This Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, slain offering and sacrifice to God for you, so that it becomes a sweet fragrance. And me and Anne, we were in worship, and she looked at me, and she goes, do you smell that? And I said, yes, yeah. it smells like a sweet smell. Almost smells like uh, oil. You know, the, uh, uh, yeah, it has that smell, just a sweet smell. And we're sitting there in worship, and, you know, I believe God speaks through love languages. And uh, just like in a relationship, we speak through love languages in a relationship with God. We do the same. Um, so God, you know, he'll, he'll do a gift, you know, and that sweet-smelling savourance was just saying, hey, you know what, this is just a taste of heaven. Just want to give you a small taste. And uh, it's so funny because worship is that quality time that we spend with the Lord. Um, and in relationships, we have to do that. if we don't, then the tank gets empty and strife comes in. So in that we we have to figure out what what our love language is so that we know how God speaks to us. Um I'm an acts of service type person, so me teaching is it's hitting the note, man. <laughs> I love it. I, Stephen asked me, he said, he said, What do you want to do in the youth? I said, I want to teach. And he kind of learned and said, Well, I want to teach too. So we'll share it then. But uh, you know, there was you know, you have the, the there's five of them. There's uh Quality time, there's words of affirmation, there's acts of service, there's gifts, and I'm missing one physical touch. And uh, if you've ever had an encounter with the Lord, you've had a physical touch. Um, I've seen BK have a physical touch <laughs> numerous times, <laughs> and it is an encounter in itself. I know M has. Um, but that quality time, that, that was the thing that got me. Um, I'm huge on quality time. Access services is part, but quality time is probably my biggest thing. And, and I think in every language there's a dialect, you know. Um, when we speak, you know, here or we go to New York, there's a difference in the dialect. And I think that's the same way with us. I think, you know, when, me and quality time, I know one of the biggest things is that when somebody is either talking to me or I'm talking to them, that they make eye contact. Because it means something to me. It means they're paying attention. It's just focus, and um, me and him, <coughs> we struggle sometimes in that, especially when we're trying to have a conversation about something. And, uh, and I just have to tell her, I have to say, Lord, I, or Emily, I just need you to sit down. I need you to listen. And uh, and the Lord has blessed her in that in the last couple of years because it has escalated so much, and it has been a blessing to me. Um, but. Going back to what um, I was talking about before, everything that God does, is it has a, a shadow to it. And uh, if you look at Jewish traditions, there's a lot of things in weddings that, that mean significance. Um, if you look, you know, we, we do things not knowing that we're doing them because there's a tradition that's been passed down. We just go, oh, well, you're supposed to do that, like not seeing your bride before the wedding day. We just do that. Well, Jewish tradition says that they wait a week because it builds anticipation. Now, how many of you guys know that we're anticipating the coming of the Christ? There's an anticipation building. There's something growing within us that is going to take us to that next level. And uh, another one is, uh, and this is the best one. This blows me away because it says, uh, The dawn of the wedding day heralds the happiest and holiest day of one's life. It says, for on that day, all past mistakes are forgiven, and they merge into one complete soul. That's Jewish tradition. And we come from a... Jesus was Jewish. You know? He did things because he was Jewish. (laughs) So a lot of the things that he shares and a lot of things that they do, they don't even realize that they're doing things that emulate Christ coming back. I mean, we've heard the Passover Seder and there's so many things that they do that give that shadowing of what God's going to do. So it's, it's it's really neat to me that, that two become one out of Scripture, you know, he'll leave his father and his mother and the two will become one flesh. Ties right into tradition. And... I'm not big on tradition, but when I see things like that emulate what God is, it's, there's a reason, and uh, we started to, uh, just kind of, me and him were kind of looking through this stuff and things like that, and one of the Jewish traditions, which is awesome, it says that uh, the bride and the groom, the bride will actually sit on a seat like a throne and receive her guests. This is before the wedding. And it says that the groom, he will be surrounded by his guests as they sing and toast him. So what do you think heaven's going to be like at the wedding? Do you think we're going to be surrounding him in praise and adoration? That's what the shadow is. God does that in everything. And there's so many things that we miss because we just go, man, it's right there, but it just doesn't, I don't know. God's doing something, and I know he's saying something, but I'm not sure what it is. And when you press into those things and you, you press past yourself, you can see things that just completely and totally shake your foundation. And, um, you know, there's a, just there's so much that I want to share, and uh, I have to be obedient, because the Lord, when I was studying, I said, Lord, I said, one of the things that, you know, especially in school, we practice in the prophetic and, and wanting to give words to people and things like that, and... I said, Lord, I said, I just want you to give me something now because I want to put it on paper, so that I'm not like freaking out on Sunday morning. So, uh, you know, I started really pressing into grace and what grace looks like and what it is, and um, and I have no idea who you are, the guy with the mustache, um, but I, I was in worship and I was—you guys probably saw me looking around. I was going, "All right, God, who is it? Who is it? Who is it?" And um, I've got the scripture Let me right. Um, It says, while the law was given through Moses, grace, unearned, deserved favor, and spiritual blessing has come, and truth has came through Jesus Christ. And basically, all I want to tell you is that God has given you grace in every aspect, that there's nothing that is going to come, there's nothing that you can do, it's always there. You know, Chris Fallon had said this, and I even got it in my notes, about... um, Grace is, or mercy is, mercy is I get a ticket and the cop lets me go. Grace is I get pulled over by a cop and he gives me a $1,000. And that's what God's saying to you, is that I'm giving you more. I'm giving you blessing. I'm going to pour out more because he, he just has a, a grace and a love for you. And uh, I know at this point, I know you had said that you had a uh, testimony of uh, I'm not sure what. He just said it, and I ran with it. So I want you to share it. Just kind of mix it up a little bit. Okay. This is Donna, and she has, she's probably been one of my, like I said, I've got spiritual mothers and fathers in here as long as my mother as well. And Todd and Tina and Donna and BK and Rachel and Cameron have been aspects in my life that have been foundational points. Um, so it's an honor to have her share something. All right. Do I need to move out of your way? Okay.
3: Hey, it is so good to be
0: home. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it is so good to be home and see y'all, and we see some new faces, too. I'm Donna, that's BK, and um, we've been here before, we've spoken, and our the way the, the Lord has gifted us isn't high, <laughs> it's an inner healing and i felt i saw this um i had this remembrance of a testimony of mine yesterday and it hit me again this morning so i think somebody here um this is for somebody or maybe a lot of somebodies but um way before i was healed i was in multiple unhealthy relationships hurting people hurt people i was a magnet for unhealthy And um, I was at one point dating a gentleman by the name of George. And when I got healthy, he didn't. And so he didn't know boundaries, didn't take no for an answer. And I ended up having to have not a PFA, a protection from abuse, but a letter sent by legal services and said, don't come around. Well, that was just a piece of paper to him. And so they had to send another one. In the meantime, God moved me from one house to another uh, in two-hour time, and I think he lost track of me somewhere along the way. Twelve years later, last November, something like that, he shows up at my door 500 miles away from Pennsylvania. Just this past, a few months ago, he showed up at my door. Now... What kind of emotions did that evoke? Anger, bitterness, frustration, fear, and a partridge in a pear tree. (laughs) Um, The thing was is that God had me protected the whole time. He showed me how he had me away from the house. The neighbor called me and said, hey, a friend of yours is here. Oh, wait a minute. He wants to talk to you. He actually left a message and left a note on the door picked BK up from work. God was really gracious. And 15 minutes before I picked him up, I listened to my voicemails from earlier in the day, and there was this message from George. Well, as you know, I do inner healing. We do inner healing. We know how to lay down bitterness and resentment, and we know we know the principles behind all that. And we did that. And my husband, it's interesting, you're talking about marriages and covering. And my husband... stepped up to the plate and he said, you know, you've been dealing this f- with this for years, let me deal with it. And he didn't duke it out. <laughs> <laughs> he called the police. And um, so I think knowing George, he was traveling around the block until we got home and saw the police cars there and the next morning when they went to his hotel, because he left a note where he was and wanted to see me and that whole nine yards. And um, he was gone. But two days later, his daughter came and showed up at my door. And that time we were home, and I think that was strategic. We were both home. And um, uh, uh, we could send back a very strong message that if this continues, there will be an arrest. And so anyhow, I went through a, a great process of inner healing with that. You know what? God stirs up. He intends to clean up. And I went for prayer ministry. I called a prayer minister down there, and I said, I need to work through this a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. And so with her, I got a level of inner healing. But I still had this. I was looking out the, out the door. At the same time, our home was for sale, so there were people driving slow by the house looking Ah, you got the picture so anyhow I got this vision this all that to say this I got this vision and sorry I only have two (coughs) articles of clothing here but I had a vision of a bunch of sweaters and they were different colors and on each one of them it said bitterness anger fear whatever it was I was going through and I knew how to deal with that I had dealt with that but I still had that splinter that was causing pain and infection. But then way down below that, you can't see this, but way down below that, there was a white sweater, and that was called comfort. And the Lord just wanted me to bypass everything and just go for the comfort. And I did that, and I cannot tell you the peace that came over me, that flooded me. And you know what? I know that God has me no matter where I am and no matter where George is, you know? So if I can do this, I felt like this was for somebody here too. So if you could close your eyes, just so give everybody privacy. And Lord, you know which ones here have been struggling either with grief or bitterness, or frustration, or anger, or whatever it is, and they've done all they know to do. And they just need your comfort. They just need you to come into that place, maybe into that marriage, maybe into that little girl or little boy place that you never were comforted. And I'm going to ask him to show you if that's you and what that applies to. And just by a show of your hands, has he kind of shoulder-tapped you and shown you, just so I can see what he's doing? Now, I'm going to ask you to keep your hands up, and I'm going to ask my hubby to come and Take one of these tissues. This is just symbolic. And as he gives it to you, would you receive the comfort of the Lord? Um, can you help, honey? Can you help? Just as you keep your hands up, as he sees your hands, just receive the comfort, the white sweater. Let him enfold you in that in that little boy place in that little girl place in that place where you were scared in that place where you were angry in that marriage in that disappointment and just by a show of your hands do you receive him there and i i've seen the word hug he wants to come and hug you Do you give him permission by a show of your hands? So, Jesus, would you come and do what only you can do? Show them where you are, what you're doing, and, Lord, would you help them to hear from your heart? By a show of your hands, do you receive him there?
1: In Jesus' name, Amen. Um, I think yeah, on. All right. <clears throat> so it's awesome that she does that because <clears throat> there's a lot of things, like you said, that that I know the Lord wants to heal in this house especially amongst marriages um, I don't think it's any coincidence that uh, we have been in this place that they're here uh, that they're able to share and that God just wants to do something big and uh, I've I've had a couple of words that I have really mowed over for about two weeks that uh, God has really wanted to share and it's, it's it's an overall because I'm not going to point anybody out um, but I want to be careful how I say it just because it's sensitive. Um, But I'll go back to what I said before. There's nothing that will separate you from the love of God. So there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you've done in your past. There's nothing that you've done in your marriage. There's nothing that you have done amongst your children that separates you. There is... In the church, it's, it's this uh, faux pas, I guess, thing that abortion is a huge issue. And I know that there's people that have dealt with it. Um, the Lord's really kind of showed it to me that there's people in this house that have dealt with it that they have hanged on to it for years, and they haven't let it go. And they've held spouses responsible to it. They've held people in their past to it. Um, They've held themselves at a place of unforgiveness because of what they did. And I know the Lord really wants to do something in that because there's nothing that separates you. There's nothing that changes you, and there's nothing that makes you unworthy and unrighteous. Because you turn it over to Him, and you give it to Him, and He takes it to the cross just like in that video. Everything that was on that cross every piece of paper was every sin that you ever did and everything that you ever committed and all those things were nailed to it. And he took that tree and he shaved it down and he put it in the ground and he set himself upon it because he made himself the sin of your life so that you could be free in everyday life. So in that, I want you guys to really press into that. Um, if there's things that are in your marriage like that, if, and me and Em can attest to this through adultery, we have been in it. We've walked in it. We, and we've shared this in the church before, so it's not a shocker. Um, it might be a shocker to some folks. <laughs> Todd put me up here, I'm just saying. <laughs> but we've walked in it. We've, we've been down that road. We've, we've walked down that path, and it was a hard path. It was not easy. It's, it's taken seven years of us walking out our relationship to get to the place that we're at now, to be able to be the place that God wants us to be in, and to be able to discuss it and not feel shame about it. Because there's no shame. There's nothing that separates me from God. So when I go to him, and Don and B. K. can attest to this, they walked us through a new marriage ceremony in our house, literally did our vows over again, you know, everything. Because you can start over. At any point in time, there's nothing that keeps you stuck in that old place, except for yourself. Right. And when you say to yourself, "I'm not going to be that person anymore. I'm a new creation. I was, you know, uh, was it First Corinthians five seventeen says you're a new creation. Old man is gone. The new man has come. So when you start walking in the place where you renew your mind to the place that you understand who you are, and you're able to walk in that thing, then there's nothing that keeps you stuck in that old place. So in that. If those things are in your life, we're going to have, um, and I've talked a lot about this, I wanted to have some of the people that spoken to my life on our ministry team, um, Todd and Tina and Don and BK and um, Rachel and Cameron, and then me and Emily as well. If there's things that are in your life that you've dealt with that you're still hanging on to that need to be thrown to the cross, and I did this at New Year's probably two years ago We literally, I built a cross, and I got spikes. I'm not kidding. They were this long, and it took us every bit of 10 minutes to nail them in there. But we did it. We took all the things. We put it on paper, and I said, I want you to nail all the stuff that's holding you back. I want you to nail it to the cross, and I want you to walk away from it. And I didn't see a single person walk back over there and pick it back off. And that's what you got to do. You got to put it on the cross, and you got to walk away, and you got to say, you know what, God? You raised. I died with you, and I raised too. So in that, if our ministry team wants to come up, I was going to get you to... Pl- I want to play that song. and you, you can play the video or whatever, but just kind of put it on repeat if you can. Um, and Stephen and Melanie as well. Um, I had completely blank because I'm used to you being up here anyway. Um, so if if those guys would come Let's up... Let's stand
0: and uh, just to affirm what Josh is saying is that... And, and here's what I want to say as well. This isn't just... Uh, Ministry time for married people. (laughs) So if you're not married, don't check out. This isn't, as I said, ministry time for the marrieds. It's ministry time. But specifically, if there's things that uh, the enemy's used in you to hold you back, to say, no, you can't do anything because of this in your life or that in your life. I love that Josh showed me that video this this morning in my office, and we both sat there and cried. But uh, what was so powerful is how the, the husband if you remember, and you'll see it again when it comes up, but it was the husband who went and looked at the tree that had all the mess on it, and he cut it down and made the cross out of it. And uh, that's what Jesus did for us. His mess didn't mess him up. Our mess didn't mess him up when he looked at us. And the the same is true. So I just really encourage you um, during this time, if there's something the Lord has touched on your heart, there's something that you go, man, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm a failure in this area of my life or I don't think I can ever do anything for the Lord because I did this. I want you to know that Jesus bore it all. And so as we minister during this time, that we invite you to come. We invite you to, if you had to get that sweater and you go, man, I just really would like someone to just pray with me uh, because I, I I made that prophetic act and I took that tissue But there's still this thing, and I just want uh, someone to pray with me. That's what we want to do. We want to just have an opportunity just to share his love with you. Amen. So, uh, Father, we love you, and we thank you right now for this opportunity to minister to these, your people. And we say, Holy Spirit, as we have said, this day of Pentecost, that you would come. God, I know that it's not coincidental that the people who are here are here today. Lord, it wasn't by chance or happenstance that they're here today. God, as we look at the beautiful picture of marriage and we see that, Father, its it was just a type and a shadow. Even our marriages are a type and a shadow of the love that you have for us, Father, the love that you were willing to give your son to be that husband, to be the groom, that we could be the bride that he lavished his love upon. So, God, today, we receive that love, and even now during this time of ministry, we say, Holy Spirit, come empower and minister to hearts, Lord, that even today there'll be hearts here that came in just to do the religious duty. But God, that you would bring them into a relational encounter in Jesus name. Amen. So if you'll start that.